Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show, on air, online, and around the world. With the most candid interviews, unforgettable stories, taking you beyond the ropes. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. What is going on, folks? Welcome to the program on this Tuesday. Pleasure to have your company as ever. The news cycle in the game of golf, it's funny, for our little sport, right? You expect it with the NFL and, and Major League Baseball. The NHL are in playoffs right now, the NBA too, and that golf keeps on pumping out these stories. And it's not something fabricated. It's because of the, the machinations of everything that's going on in and around the game. So the, the, the latest news was from an ESPN article that Greg Norman did about his Saudi-backed Live Golf Investments uh, and Apparently, he said that Phil Mickelson did a lot of damage with his earlier comments. I'm going to let the article speak for itself. This one from ESPN senior writer is Mark Schlaback, and he writes the following, quoting, Greg Norman's new golf league was prepared to launch the same week in February that Phil Mickelson's controversial comments about the PGA Tour in Saudi Arabia were published, which caused many committed players to back out. At the time, Norman told ESPN on Monday, at least 30% of the top 50 players in the world had committed to play in the league. Now, stepping away from the article just for a second, 30% of the top 50 players in the world is 15 players, just so we have clarity in terms of just instead of working on broad percentages that uh, may or may not sound more or less uh, impressive to you, the number would be 15 of the top 50. That's a pretty significant number. Uh, Norman was quoted as saying the following. There's no question that his comments hurt. It hurt a lot of aspects. It hurt the PGA Tour. It hurt us. It hurt the game of golf. It hurt Phil. So yeah, across all fronts, it wasn't just specifically to us, but it definitely created negative momentum against us, close quote. Norman said the proposed league, which was being is being financed by Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, was prepared to launch its 14-event schedule and roster of committed players during the week of the Genesis Invitational, which is February 17th to 20. But author Alan Shipnuck published an interview related to his upcoming unauthorized biography of Mickelson on the website firepitcollective.com on the 15th of February. In the interview, which he said took place in November, Mickelson called the Saudi Arabians scary mother effers and said that he was only willing to get involved with the new league to leverage with the PGA Tour, saying, quote, they killed Washington Post reporter and U.S. resident Jamal Khashoggi and have a horrible record on human rights, Mickelson said in the interview. Continuing, they execute people over there for being gay. Knowing all of this, why would I even consider it? Because this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to reshape how the PGA Tour operates, close quote. Mickelson was heavily criticized for those comments and several PGA Tour stars, including John Rahm, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, and others pledged their loyalty to the tour the next few days. Norman said of that, quoting, Quite honestly, we were ready to launch on the Tuesday or Wednesday of Genesis. We had enough players in our strength and field or minimal variable product ready to come on board. And when all of that happened, everybody got the jitters. And the PGA Tour threatened people with lifetime bans and stuff like that, close quote. Norman said a handful of players who had previously signed with the Live Golf had remained committed to play in the series, which now includes eight events, including five in the United States. 
Total prize money for the eight events will be $255 million, according to Live Golf Investments. And the seven regular season tournaments will have total purses of $25 million. You can see the schedule on the television screen if you're watching this on the TV side. That would make these the richest in professional golf, with $20 million in individual prizes and $5 million for the top three teams. The top three individuals after the seven regular season events, will also share a $30 million bonus. The season-ending team match play championship, which is scheduled for October 27 to 30 at Trump National Doral in Miami, will provide another $50 million in prizes. Norman said, quoting, To this day, I get this, folks, listen to this. To this day, we still have players under contract and signed. The ones who wanted to get out because of the pressure from the PGA Tour gave their money back and got out. Guys had money in their pockets, close quote. Now, obviously, I don't mean to imply that Greg Norman emphasized the information the way I just did reading his quote. The reason I did that was because I was unaware, I don't know about you guys, I was unaware that checks had been written, that money had been distributed, and Greg Norman is saying right here, I'm going to read it again, the ones who wanted to get out because of the pressure of the PGA Tour gave their money back and got out. Guys had money in their pockets. Really fascinating there. Continuing on, Mickelson, a six-time major champion, hasn't played on tour since the last three months. Last month, he skipped the Masters, which he won three times uh, for the first time in 1994. Mickelson's agent, Steve Loy, announced last week that he had resigned. I think that's, hold on a second. Uh, let me finish reading this. I'm going to go back to the, the, the misinformation they just gave you there. Uh, Mickelson's agent, Steve Loy, announced last week that he had registered for the U.S. Open in June. Loy said that Mickelson had also requested a release from the PGA Tour for the first Live Golf uh, International Series event in London in June. Loy said that Mickelson hadn't decided whether he will play in any of those events. Uh, we will put those events back up on the screen for you again. Adam, I'm going to have you go through them in one second. Uh, Loy said Mickelson hadn't yet decided, as I mentioned, which were those events he's going to play. And despite Mickelson's comments, Norman said he would welcome him to any live tournament, saying, Norman saying, he's always got an open door. It's going to be his decision, his decision only. He's got a few things he has to work out himself, obviously, with the PGA Tour, where he wants to go with them and how he wants to go with them. I can't read Phil's mind because I haven't spoken to him uh, from our, which is interesting. That's in contrast to earlier quotes that I saw from Greg Norman saying he was in communication with Phil. But regardless, from our perspective, I'm always going to be consistent in that I respect Phil. I respect what he's done for the game of golf, and he's always going to have an open door to any golf tournament he wants to play as far as I'm concerned. Norman said Live Golf has received more than 200 registration requests for its first tournament. Uh, June 9 through 11 at the Centurion Club in London, which will include 48 players competing on 12 four-man teams. He said the list of players who have registered include about 15 of the top 100 players in the official World Golf ranking, two players who were previously ranked number one. Uh, Norman said to that, quoting, I'm, I've been 
very pleasantly surprised. What's been talked about in the media and what is reality are two different things. We know what's happening with a lot of interest expressed. From an expectation standpoint, we've got a lot of interest from significantly named players. Our mission is to be patient, and we're going to deliver these events, and it's up to the players to make the decision on what they want to do as independent contractors, end quote. Because Live Golf uh, Invitational in London conflicts with the RBC Canadian Open, PGA Tour players will have to be granted a release from the tour play in the other tournament. Norman said several players from the DP World Tour, former the European Tour, have also registered for the Live Golf Invitational. Uh, quoting, the European Tour is starting to pound their chests a little bit with the players, Norman said. Uh, what I'm hearing from the players is that the DP World Tour is saying they are going to be serious consequences if you go and play without a release. And if you do put in for release, you're not going to get one. The, the logical rhetoric coming from the European Tour then but the pure fact is, is they're now partner, partners with the PGA Tour, so they've got to sing uh, the same song with the PGA Tour and what they are singing. And quote, PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan told players after the PGA Championship in May 2021 that anyone who joined the Saudi Finance League would be suspended and potentially face a lifetime ban from the PGA Tour. Norman said, quote, I can only speak on information given to me by our legal team, and I have an extremely talented legal team in antitrust and anti-competitive laws, and we believe we're in the right position. We believe the players are independent contractors and have a right to go play wherever they want to go play, end quote. That is the end of the article from ESPN.com. Uh, Don, before we move on from this, could you please go over the, the actual schedule? Because I, I want to make sure uh, the people on the, on the radio side get the information that we're showing for the people on the uh, television side. Sure, I'd be happy to, Matt. Uh, the first event, which you've referenced many times at the Centurion Club in London, is June 9th to the 11th right now. And again, if you're watching on the TV side, you can actually see this uh, this schedule. There's eight events. July 1 to 3, it's in Portland at the Pumpkin Ridge Golf Club, as Matt was referencing the, the first United States event. At the end of July in New Jersey at the Trump National Golf Club, Bedminster, July 29 to the 30, 31, September 2 to 4, it's in Boston at the International September 16th to the 18th, it's in Chicago. A lot of United States-based events here. Uh, September 16th to 18th in Chicago at Rich Harvest Farms. October 7th to the 9th, it's at Stonehill, which is in Bangkok. And then uh, October 14th to the 16th, it's Jeddah, the Royal Greens Golf and Country Club. And then that last event, the Team Championship, uh, which on your screen there is listed as October 28th to the 30th, it does not have a, a, a venue listed. That venue was announced last week. It is Trump National Doral in Florida, yep. and that is their team championship. It's a four-day, four-round match play knockout event, and that's going to feature 12 teams. Remember, they're, they're trying to build a team aspect into this. Now, just again, for context, that's a $50 million event, that event, October 28th to 30th, the team championship. The first-place team will win $16 million. So, I, I mean, I don't know what you say after that, Matt. <laughs> that's well, a lot of money. It's a lot of money, and that's, that's what's swaying this whole thing. The, the other thing I wanted to go back to in the article before I move off this one, because there's one more that I want to get to, was the, the fact that in this ESPN article, it said Mickelson, a six-time major champion, hasn't played in a tour event in more than three months. Last month, he skipped the Masters, which he has won three times the first time, uh, the first time since 1994. Uh, just for clarity on that, so there's no confusion. They're talking about the first time he played in the Masters. 
the first time he won the Masters was a decade later, just, just for clarity before we move on. That's what I was referring to that I wanted to get double back on. Uh, with the way it was written, it, it, it was confusing. Uh, there was an, another article that directly connects into this. In just a moment, we're going to hear from Colin Morikawa, uh, a two-time major champion, talking about how all of this, this Saudi-backed league, Live Golf Investments, impacts the top players and potentially impacts the majors. Uh, Eamon Lynch's article from Golf Week came out two days ago at 11.30 a.m., headline reading, Lynch, three major championships will be cheapened in this season of Saudi sports uh, washing. And he writes, in their more reflective moment, it must rankle the triumphant of Messrs. Wa, Wan, and Slumbers that the most compelling drama in golf over the coming months is likely to occur outside the ropes of their respective major championships. The 58 days between Tuesday at Southern Hills and Thursday at St. Andrews will be contentious and do much to shape the sport's future landscape and will leave many industry executives yearning for the halcyon days of Shell's wonderful world of golf when the influence of oil money in the game was considerably less toxic. Seth Waugh's PGA Championship is already being impacted. Phil Mickelson registered for the tournament, but his agent said no conclusion about his schedule would be drawn from that or his simultaneous request for permission from the PGA Tour to play the Saudi-funded event in the UK, which is June 9 through 11. Grimly meaningful numbers where the Saudis are concerned. Mickelson could defend his title at the PGA Championship or he might stay home in the knowledge that doing so would only generate greater attention for the Live Golf Invitational near London as the possible scene of his return. The Saudi event in Britain is really just a distraction. Precedent exists for overseas money grabs, so the PGA Tour will probably grant the necessary releases, perhaps with conditions attached, for members who want to compete, as it did for the Saudi International in February. Commissioner Jay Monahan's decision must be rendered by May 10th. The first shots in the real war will be fired one week later. Tuesday, May 17th, falls during the week of the PGA Championship, and it is the deadline by which PGA Tour members must apply for waivers to compete in the second Saudi event, scheduled for July 1 through 3 at Pumpkin Ridge Golf Club in Portland, Oregon. Uh, Monaghan's decision on those asks must come no late less than 30 days before the first round, or by Wednesday, June 1st, but could be delivered at 5.01 p.m. on May 17th. If it is, it will be a no. PGA Tour rules do not allow releases for tournaments held in North America against its own schedule. Players know this. All of them signed up for the policies governing memberships. So those who request an okay for Portland will be suspected of either stupidity or sedition. By May 17th, the tour will know who wants to play for Saudi cash in the U.S., a list that will probably include the names of some who intend to compete even without a release. And that's where Monaghan's red line will be drawn, a belief emphasized in messages I've received in recent days from a number of his members. Two scenarios will then emerge. A player defies the tour, triggering disciplinary action and potential litigation, or the Saudis, under the the innocuous-sounding moniker of Live Golf, sue over the tour's refusal to grant releases, which would at least be an improvement on how the Crown Prince's operatives usually handle disputes. So, Mike Wan's U.S. Open will take place one week after the Saudis' U.K. event and amid the fallout from waivers being denied for Portland. 
The toppling dominoes then reach the office of Martin Slumbers, whose Open Championship begins 11 days after Portland concludes. It's feasible that by then, Monaghan will have issued suspensions. Will the RNA allow PGA Tour members not in good standing to compete at St. Andrews? Said the RNA spokesman, wording sufficiently vague enough to deny certainty to all as follows. Quote, there is no specific condition on that. We pride ourselves in being the most open championship in the world. However, we reserve the right, as we always have, to review suspensions from other golf organizations on a case-by-case basis, end quote. The same inquiry went to the U.S. Golf Association, although suspensions are unlikely prior to the U.S. Open. Oh, that was the U.S. I'm sorry. The second quote I read you was from the, the USGA. We pride ourselves in being the most open championship in the world. However, we reserve the right, as we always have, to review suspensions from other golf organizations on a case-by-case basis. Next paragraph. If the RNA takes a similar track, then some well-known players might be denied entry into the 150th Open, though the names generating most speculation are unlikely to be of concern to the engraver come Sunday evening anyway. The 58 days from May 17th to July 14th will reveal the extent to which golf's bodies view Saudi sports washing as a shared challenge. Absent from that fight will be Alexander Armas, the CEO of the Ladies European Tours, continuing her ghastly flattery of the Saudi regime to whom she bartered her circuit in exchange for sponsorship of five events. Quote, to many of our members, these events feel like majors, end quote, she gusts last week. He writes, the LET runs on fumes. Purses in non-Saudi tournaments are typically around $300,000, which is why she has put her members in a position of choosing between abetting uh, Saudi sports washing or not making a living. It's easier to understand her rationale than that of the men on lucrative tours who make an individual choice to take Saudi money, but the decision may be either worthy of derision. If the attempted Saudi hijacking of golf is ultimately repelled, an outcome far from certain, there ought to follow a proper reckoning on where and with whom professionals do business. However, much the tours view this as a matter of commerce and competition. There also exists a moral imperative to ensure golf is not used to normalize authoritarian states. The LET won't lack company in this dock. The Asian tour sold itself wholesale to the Saudis. The DP World Tour has long been compromised by visiting undemocratic provinces. So too has the PGA Tour with his presence in China. These indulgences are indefensible and should cease Doing so might even weaken the water sprinkler of whataboutism on social media, a phenomenon powered by clouds who think discussion of one wrong is, is illegitimate unless it's footnoted with misdeeds by every organization, individual, company, and nation they deem indict, indictable. In the coming weeks, three of golf's four great championships will feel the repercussions of years of in Provident, Provident uh, deal making in those tours whose commercial uh, decisions help lead to the geopolitical juncture at which the game finds itself. All four majors might ultimately prove to be the last bulwark against the entire sport's looming disgrace. Okay, that was a very well-written article by by Eamon Lynch. Obviously, it's it's very much from the perspective of uh, Eamon Lynch's own opinion on all of this, and those gray areas, those questions are very much the order of the day. So I'm going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to hear from Colin Morikawa on this subject 
and more. The Fairways of Life show is presented by the PGA Tour Superstore. PGATourSuperstore.com is a great place to get started to see how and why they are the number one golf retailer in all of the land. They have more than 50 big, beautiful stores spread out from coast to coast where you can find everything that you're possibly looking for for your golf game. My wife was there yesterday. She bought a new golf bag. I was like, I didn't know you needed a new golf bag. And she said, I wanted, the, I wanted a golf bag that looked more like a lady's golf bag. So she has it. You can too. Just get started at PGATourSuperstore.com or visit one of their stores today. At Ben Hogan Golf, we do things differently. We handcraft our clubs to your specifications, and we only sell online so you don't pay retail markup. We make exceptional golf clubs and deliver them directly to your door. Now that's different. Ireland is home to over 400 courses, including a third of the world's natural links and a selection of exceptional championship courses in amazing locations, as well as hosting the prestigious Ryder Cup, Solheim Cup, and the Open. Experience golf like you never have before from Royal Port Rush, Royal County Down, Port Marnock, Lahinch, Bally Bunyan, or Tralee. Let yourself be embraced by the culture and history and feel the warmth of the Irish people who will make you feel as though you have not left home, but returned to it. For more information, log on to Ireland.com. Hey, Bryson. What up? I was just going through Bridgestone's new online ball fitting. Pretty sweet, huh? Yeah, very cool. I just got fit to that new Tour BXS I've been playing. Nice. I got fit to the Tour BX. It's a little faster. Hold on. Here's Fred. Hey, guys. Am I doing this right? You've never looked better, Freddie. <laughs> Find your fit at BridgestoneGolf.com. Are you ready for golf's biggest season ever? Because we are. Our certified fitters are waiting to fit you for free with the latest clubs from Callaway, TaylorMade, Cobra, Titleist, and more. Plus, shop the latest gear and apparel from all your favorite brands. Experience golf's biggest selection under one roof. Don't just shop this season. Shop with the pros at the PGA Tour Superstore. The Fairways of Life show is live weekdays at 8 a.m. Eastern Time and 24-7 on demand as a digital radio and streaming television show. Download the Fairways of Life app and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Log in to fairwaysoflife.com for more information. Are you an E or a C? Both have Ridgeback. These are loaded with tech. Which one are you gaming? Definitely E for me. It's just so forgiving. I'm definitely an E. C is for Cheka. What else? C is for kill it. C is me. Low spinning bombs. So, are you an E or a C? Hmm. I don't know. Hey, wait a minute. Pound for pound, nothing comes close. This is the Wiz. It tracks your swing in real time. Got it. One, zero, one. Gives you feedback in real time so you feel where you are in your golf swing. Transition, plus 4.2 inches. Length of back swing, 50.3 inches. The Wiz really helped me to keep that consistent swing. Instead of guessing, I get the direct feedback. Transition on plane. That's the mic drop. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show. Your comments are pouring in on our Fairways of Life YouTube page. Uh, and we thank you for, for interacting with us while we, we are on the air. So one who interacted with the media recently was Colin Morikawa. Now, on tomorrow's show, you're going to actually hear 
Collins' comments relative to defending the last major on the men's side of the game uh, in 2022. And it just so happens to be at the old course at St. Andrews in the 150th edition of the same. But right now we're going to feature a discussion with he and the media about this Live Golf Investments, the Saudi back league, and the impact that it's having across the board, including on the major championships. So I'm going to guide you through in a give and take with the questions uh, that were asked of Colin Morikawa and his answers so that basically we edited it down to these four, which we thought were the ones that are the most compelling. So let's start with this. Uh, Colin Morikawa, you have pledged your loyalty to the PGA Tour, but the Saudi-backed league, League Golf Investments, and Greg Norman do not appear in any way to be going away. So the question I have is, are you interested, are you at all intrigued ultimately about how this plays itself out? No, look, you know, I, I said uh, at Riviera this year earlier in, uh, I believe, February that, you know, my alliance is to the PGA Tour. Um, will I still watch what's going on? I mean, yeah, it's, you're, you're curious of what's going on. Um, but do I care who's going to be playing or do I care, you know, who's going to be making money? No, not at all. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm here to win majors. I'm here to win, you know, PGA Tour tournaments, hopefully, you know, uh, return and defend my race to Dubai title. Um, there's a lot of other things that are on my mind and a lot of goals that I set up at the beginning of the year that I look forward to. Um, and so far, you know, through about five months or four full months, uh, you know, I haven't really won. And or I haven't won. It's not. It's not. I haven't really won. I haven't won at all. Um, so I want to get back out there. I want to go back out and win. You know, win another couple majors somehow and um, finish off this kind of year on a good note. And uh, you know, I look forward to the rest of the year for sure. Colin asks, "What do you make of the number of players who requested player releases from the PGA Tour to compete in the first Live Golf Investment event that will be at the Centurion Club outside of London in June?" To be honest, I, I mean, we don't know who they are and we don't know if they're actually going to compete. Um, at the end of the day, nothing's been concrete. And that's what I've said since day one is that nothing has been factual. I mean, yes, people have signed up, but that doesn't mean they're going to play. Um, it just means that they wanted that option. And uh, there's nothing against that. But at the end of the day, we don't know who's going to be playing. And there's nothing to talk about if we don't know who's going to be playing. Right. You, it's all speculation. And at the end of the day, I mean, you guys are doing media and you guys want the facts. There's nothing to speculate on things that, you know, we don't know who's going to be playing. I mean, we know who's going to be playing at the Open. We know who's going to be playing in the, in the next couple events, in the majors. Um, so that's kind of, you know, I, on my stance on, on what I view um, of what's going on, you know, since day one. I've, I've never, nothing's been clear. And um, why even talk about something that is kind of up in there and, and I'm going to be making just as much of a guess as you are. You know, you can understand where Colin Morikawa is coming from distancing himself from speculation, but unfortunately with the way that this has played itself out so far, all we have is speculation. Uh, I've, I've questioned from the beginning, why is it that Live Golf Investments and Greg Norman uh, speak in these kind of broad brush grandiose terms without providing any real uh, definitive backing to it. Uh, he, he, as the articles I read to you in the last segment would seem to illustrate, he says he has 15 of the top 100 uh, already signed up. Okay, well, who are they? Is there a reason why all of this is shrouded in so much mystery? And, and when things are shrouded in mystery, doesn't that add to the element of distrust? 
So for, for Colin, this question, what, what kind of interactions have you had with Jay Monahan regarding the other tour or potential tour? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I'm three years in um, and we have these other tours coming in. And as a kid, all I dreamt about was winning majors and winning tournaments and getting to number one in the world. I never thought, you know, you'd have all these other things. And um, look, I've, I've been fortunate enough to, to play some really good golf and be in the position to, to talk to Jay. And Jay's been amazing being able to reach out to him and not just him, but also Keith Pelly on the DP World Tour. Um, these two guys have been phenomenal and just, re, you know, asking what I, what I need, right. And what other players need and what we feel comfortable with. So at the end of the day, um, I haven't had many talks. I mean, I've, I've reached out to him. He's reached back right, right back out to me. And we've had a couple talks about, you know, how we think the game's going to keep improving, but I'm learning so much in three years that I never thought, and you would never think about the tour, right. I, growing up, you never have heard of like player advisory boards. Like it's not a thing you think about um, when you're growing up. All you think is you show up to a golf tournament, you play golf and you hopefully walk home with the trophy. Um, but there is a lot behind the scenes, right? And we owe a lot to them and we owe a lot to the people and the players that are, you know, really pushing and that are a little more involved than say what I would be right now. Um, but that doesn't mean I don't want to be involved in the future. I, I think where I'm at right now, um, you know, I, I'm still trying to learn the ropes of, of how things work. You know, guys have, that, guys have been out here for decades now, you know, 10, 20 years. And they have seen, you know, this same kind of process go through and see what works and what doesn't. I'm three years in, you know, it's still very, very new for me. The last question for Colin Morikawa was obviously this whole of the tour is all about money. Clearly, that's what it's all about. When you see that there's going to be 290,000 spectators at St. Andrews that week, you can probably pretty much run the numbers and how much revenue that we're talking about. Do you see that players should be asking for more from major venues as well? Because it seems like the money is the only thing that will really make the players happier is if they get more money in the purses. I mean, I I think you're speaking to a select few when you say, you know, I'm not just playing for the money, you know, and I think there's a lot of guys out there that aren't just playing for the money. I mean, if we were, then I might as well just start playing every week. And you don't see anyone playing every week if they're just trying to make a, you know, a quick penny. Um, I think at the end of the day, when you look at revenues and you have to look at the splits, I mean, that's comes back to the last question. I mean, I, I, I haven't, I haven't, you know, dove into, you know, the, the kind of financials of what the major championships are making and what, we make and the percentage we're making. I mean, sure. I'm, I'm guessing that the majors do make a lot of money and, uh, you know, there's never anything bad about making more money. Um, but when you say something like that and you put us in the boat of the only other thing that could, you know, keep us here is the money that that's, that's just not true. Um, because if that were the case, then you would have had a hundred out of a hundred sign up for, you know, this other tour that's happening, but you don't right? You have the 15, the unknown 15. So when it comes down to it is just the love for the game. I mean, I think what the PGA tour and the DP world tour have aligned themselves to do and what we're going to be growing into um, is great. Like I'm not complaining about where I'm at right now. And I love the position where I'm at and I want to keep winning more. You know, obviously money is a great second part of it. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I didn't finish the open last year asking what I made. Like (laughs) I could not tell you what I made last year. 
um, at all. Like at the end of the day, I'm telling you about the memories of holding the Claire jug and showing it to people and bringing it around town and, you know, showing it to family. Like those are the memories you're going to make, not, Hey, you know, I made X amount of dollars. Um, you know, I'm, I'm good because of that. You'll hear more from Colin Morikawa on tomorrow's Fairways of Life show where he goes in depth on his coming back and defending that Claret Jug this year at the Old Course at St. Andrews for the 150th edition of the Open. There are a number of different points that players have brought up and that we have seen either from the articles, uh, from quotes that have been made from prominent people, including uh, the CEO of Live Golf Investments, uh, Greg Norman. But I thought the most telling thing that we've heard so far is when Colin Morikawa, two-time major champion, still a young player in his long walk with the game of golf, said, quote, I'm not just playing for the money, close quote. Because it's clear that the first line of definition in this upstart league is about money. The people who are morally repulsed by what is taking place is because of where the money is coming from. The fact that Live Golf Investments is backed by the Saudi Public Investment Fund and their horrendous, grotesque record of human rights and butchery. But the question is, the source of funding, does it make a difference in the world of sport today? Does it make a difference to you? In fact, do we even know what the source of funding is for our favorite athletes or our favorite teams or our favorite sports at large. How many of those sports are being touched potentially by either individuals or even corporations or in this case countries that may be doing things that morally we would find reprehensible if we took a look at it and judged it through that spectrum and through that lens. Another question that's going to be asked in the days and weeks that lie ahead, and the clock is ticking very quickly towards this, is where do you stand? I'm not necessarily talking so much from a fan's perspective, although I do think that we should look into our hearts and minds and go, does it matter or do do we push it all aside? Because it would be hypocritical for us to say it matters in the sport of golf, but it doesn't matter in other sports. Where do we draw that line? Do we draw that line or do we look at it and say, you know what, my job as a fan is to be entertained, to be engaged and to enjoy, to pick my villains and my heroes. But after that, all of this other stuff is noise for someone else. How many times do we see media entities that appear to have either individuals or even a corporate perspective that said that they are definitely against something, but then they go ahead and air that content because they're getting paid for it? So the question here is, how will this impact that which are the most important mountaintops in the game of golf? Those are major championships. Right now, we are at a crossroads. The game of golf has never seen a challenge like this to its major tours that has been so well funded. Each of these events that we're talking about will be awarding prize money to the winner and beyond that is greater than that which will be awarded at the major championships. Colin Morikawa said it's not about money for him. It is about legacy because that is what happens in major championships. That's where legacies are defined. Virtually everyone knows that Jack Nicklaus won 18 major professional championships. How many Ryder Cups did he compete in? What's his Ryder Cup record? As popular as the Ryder Cup is, do you know? The reason why we don't 
No, is because, again, major championships are the highest measure of a player in our game. Even winning one major championship changes a player's legacy forevermore. These major championships, as tethered as they are to the major golf tours around the world, are going to be forced to make a decision. They're going to be forced to decide where they stand. The PGA Tour has apparently drawn a line in the sand. We are hearing that the DP World Tour is going to take the same approach. The question is, what will the major championships do? Remember, all of golf's major governing bodies are in some way intertwined in terms of their agenda and what they're working on in the game. How awkward would it be if they allow players from a league that is competing directly with the PGA Tour to compete if the PGA Tour suspends players for that participation in the upstart league? And then the last question I have for you is one that I've asked you many times throughout this entire ordeal. Is this just about morality in terms of source of funding, or is this about protecting territory and warding off competition? What if the funding for this new league, say, was Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, and it came from a source that people didn't find morally reprehensible? Would that change your opinion on it? Would you be in favor of it? Or is it simply because it's up against the existing major leagues that currently exist on the world tours? All things deeply to consider. And the funny thing is, is that the time to think is right now because time is running out. We'll be back with more. Boyne Golf provides the ultimate world-class golf destination with 10 championship-caliber courses spanning three resorts. Centered in Michigan's northern Lower Peninsula, the courses are the products of some of the game's masters, including Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross. From the all-inclusive vacation packages, elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled Michigan golf vacation experience. Just log on to boynegolf.com. I guess, hello world, huh? <laughs> and with one subtle hello, Tiger began an amazing and unthinkable career. I've done it for 20 years now with, with Bridgestone. It allows me to play an aggressive style around the greens, and it's allowed me to win a lot of tournaments. Bridgestone Golf, proud to be part of your journey. The Fairways of Life show is live weekdays at 8 a.m. Eastern Time and 24-7 on demand as a digital radio and streaming television show. Download the Fairways of Life app and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Log in to fairwaysoflife.com for more information. Premium golf equipment doesn't have to be expensive. At Ben Hogan Golf, we design and custom build our clubs and sell them directly to you. And you can try any club for just 25 bucks at benhogangolf.com. Are you ready for golf's biggest season ever? Because we are. Our certified fitters are waiting to fit you for free with the latest clubs from Callaway, TaylorMade, Cobra, Titleist, and more. Plus, shop the latest gear and apparel from all your favorite brands. Experience golf's biggest selection under one roof. Don't just shop this season. Shop with the pros at the PGA Tour Superstore. Created without the constraints of time or money, 
PXG golf clubs are the most technologically advanced available today, and they are a perfect union of art, science, and engineering. And the PXG experience is unlike any you've had before. After you've been custom fit, your clubs will be built to exacting standards and your exact specs in the USA. So when you hear it, you know, PXG, nobody builds golf clubs the way we do, period. Nestled amongst the hills of the Hoosier National Forest resides a classic American destination, the French Lick Resort. Experience the ultimate in golf at the Pete Dye Course at French Lick, voted number one course in Indiana and Golf Week's best you can play for 10 years in a row. The Donald Ross Course at French Lick has been named Indiana's number two course in Golf Week's best you can play rankings every year since 2011. Come experience old world opulence amid modern comfort served with Midwestern charm. Visit FrenchLick.com. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show on this Tuesday. Uh, we've got a lot going on this week. I will be hosting PGA Tour live uh, coverage that will be on ESPN Plus starting on Thursday. We'll get into the airtimes in just a second. Uh, also, this weekend on our national broadcast of the Fairways of Life show, and our national broadcast can be found on affiliates throughout the country that includes uh, Nesson, the New England Sports Network, if you're a Red Sox fan. Uh, it includes Bally Sports throughout the country. It includes uh, AT&T Sportsnet. Uh, it includes DirecTV, NBC Sports, and more. So if you get a chance to, to see us, I can't give you an airtime because the airtimes vary based on time zones. Uh, but this weekend show, we're going to have Mike Wan, CEO of the United States Golf Association, on the program. We're very much looking forward to catching up with Mike. It's been a while since we've had a chance to speak with him. And also, our new Fairways of Life app is out we're, I love the responses we're getting from you guys because what we did was we put together this new app and it's called the Fairways of Life Golf Show. And it is not only the audio side, which you're used to, right? If you're out for a walk or out for a run or, or riding in your car and you want to hear the show uh, live or 24-7 on demand, always for free. But we also on this app now allow you to watch it on the television side. So in this case, maybe you're riding on a train to work or wherever you are that you want to catch the show on the TV side as well. You can do it through the same app. And because this app is so much more sophisticated, uh, if you're interested in any of our equipment segments or if you're interested in our next fan trip, which will actually be to Ireland, but it's long since sold out. But nonetheless, any, any of those that we feature, you, there are all different places on there that you can get that information and more. So the Fairways of Life app, Fairways of Life Golf Show, as its official name, is out right now. And we encourage you guys to pick that up whenever you get an opportunity. The Wells Fargo Championship coverage. Let's start with the coverage that we will have for you on Golf Channel Thursday and Friday. It will start at 2 p.m. Eastern time each of those two days. Saturday and Sunday, it is split between Golf Channel and CBS at 1 p.m. and 3 p.m. respectively on the weekend. PGA Tour Live, as I just mentioned, the coverage will begin uh, on ESPN Plus Thursday and Friday at 6.45 a.m. Saturday and Sunday, the coverage starts at 7 a.m. each of those two days. The radio coverage, which is PGA Tour Radio on the PGA Tour app as well as PGATour.com, or if you subscribe to the National Satellite Service, Sirius XM, will be Thursday and Friday at noontime, Saturday and Sunday at 1 p.m. The LPGA Tour coverage on Golf Channel Thursday and Friday at 10.30 a.m., Saturday at 5 p.m., Sunday at 12 noon, on all these times are Eastern, on Golf Channel and 1 p.m. on CBS. And the PGA Tour champions, uh, this update brought to you by 
TourEdge, touredge.com is the website. TourEdge, pound for pound, the best value and performance in the game. The Mitsubishi Electric Championship, Friday at noontime on Golf Channel, Saturday and Sunday at 3 p.m. each of those two days. So remember, on tomorrow's show, you're going to hear from the defending champion of the Open, Colin Morikawa. We'll talk about memories of what was last year and what he hopes for in the season that lies ahead at St. Andrews for the 150th edition of the Open. We're also going to hear from Marina Alex, our friend who won on the LPGA Tour for her second professional victory on the LPGA Tour tomorrow. So lots still in store for you as the week progresses. Hope you guys have a great Tuesday. Goodbye for now.